Joining us now in our studios is Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. Chief, good morning. Thank you so much. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> that that button was not cooperating with you at all. Uh, not at all. Like all of a sudden, uh, your 35 years of broadcasting experience just fall by the wayside. And I'm <laughs> out here acting like a rookie. Chief, uh, once again, thanks for coming in today. We've got some things to talk about. We're at the end of summer. It uh, won't be long before you've got a couple of big events that uh, will be... Uh, I guess focusing a lot of your attention on for a couple of weeks, and that is uh, right about the same time we have defeat of Jesse James days, uh, and then the first day of school uh, to follow that, or actually lead right into that. It, yeah, yeah all in the same week. That. All in the same week. So let's talk about that. First of all, let's talk about the first day of school. You know, it always surprises me when I see buses out. It's like, oh boy, yeah, today's the first day of school. We've got buses. Uh, you got to be safe. Yes, exactly. And we want everybody to be safe going back to school. Um, And I mean, our listeners want that too. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, it's one of those things that kind of sneaks up on you, like you were saying, and we want uh, folks to be uh, thinking about that, have that in mind as we uh, close in on that. I mean, less than three weeks, first day of school. Um, So we want people to look out for kids they're walking to school, they're biking to school, and they're out at those bus stops as well. And a reminder that uh, when the buses stop, red lights flashing, the stop arm is out, that you have to stop. Um, not, not only behind the bus, but coming the other way too. And uh, just give those kids a little extra room, uh, give them an extra minute, or most, in most cases it's a few seconds for them to uh, safely get across uh, the road, to get on the bus, to get off the bus. Um, you know, we've got uh, Benjamin Bus in town that just provides excellent service for our, for our schools, and they're really good partners with us on safety. Um, a couple of years ago, they had applied for a state grant to put uh, stop arm cameras on their buses, so they've got those on their buses now. So if we do have violators uh, that don't stop, they uh, provide that video for us, and it helps us to follow up and have a discussion with that person, um, as well as uh, hold them accountable through issuing a citation. Now, with the uh, police force, do you have uh, like a, just a meeting, a conference with all the officers heading into school in defeat day saying, hey, this is this is our plan of, uh, I would say plan of attack, the plan of action, I guess would be a yeah. better term for it. Yeah, so we do. Um, we actually quite a bit of planning for, uh, for defeat days. And uh, in fact, Tonight we have a, uh, or later this afternoon, we have a meeting with the Defeat Days Committee or some of that committee to go over specifics about specific events and what we need to do for that and the planning for it. Um, And then back to school, that's handled on more of a shift level with our supervisors, our sergeants, meeting with them uh, and talking with the officers about, uh, you know, what they need to do or reminders of what they do a little different. Um, we try to have officers out around the school area, uh, every day throughout the school year. So our day shift officers are spending time around the schools, uh, around start time to make sure that, um, everybody's safe, uh, getting to school, um, and keeping an eye on, on everybody, make sure they're stopping for those crosswalks and giving those bikes, uh, you know, three feet or more, uh, of room if they're riding on the side of the, uh, of the road there. 
Um, so safety is important for our officers, and they want to make sure everybody gets there safely. Do you have a uh, school resource officer still, or, or more than one? We have one, mm-hmm. um, and he spends time in all the different schools. Um, but then we have officers that are in the schools as well. Uh, we teach DARE uh, to all the fifth graders, so uh, we move through the elementary schools, and we have three officers that are trained DARE instructors, so they're spending some time there. And we just spend some other time in the schools too. Occasionally, our, our building heads or principals invite us to come over, teachers, um, you know, in some of the health classes, we may be talking about safety aspects, that type of thing, Uh, guest speaking at some of the other uh, classes at the high school or middle school as well. Um, So we do get a chance to do that. Uh, Occasionally, we've been at the schools uh, helping out or guest serving lunches, and it's a good opportunity in elementary school for us to, you know, connect with the kids, and they always have some questions for us, asking about the uniform and that type of thing, and uh, really a good opportunity to just connect with kids. Yeah, it's uh, just build that trust factor, and taking the mystery out of it, I think, has a lot to do with it. Uh, You're just regular people doing a regular job, but a very important one. And it's important we build those connections with the community. So we've, we've really had a good opportunity to do that with our Northfield Public Schools and, um, and St. Dominic's, and we, we enjoy the opportunity to do that. Let's move into uh, defeat days a little more. It's uh, kind of all hands on deck. Do you have, uh, I'm sure you're getting all the uh, police auxiliary and the explorers and everybody who, uh, who can handle a, a chore for you on duty that time. Yeah, um, we do. Uh, our reserves play a big role uh, in defeat days, and our, our numbers for reserves are down just like they are you know, for officers. And so uh, it will be all hands on deck and a lot of extra work for everybody. Um, on parade day, we get some reserves from other communities that help us out with that. Um, but our officers, yeah, they, they put a lot of time in during that time. And, and it's being a visible presence, for one, but also a good resource, whether it's medicals, people needing directions, um, making sure people are behaving, which for the most part they do. But sometimes we, they need a little gentle reminder, a little verbal reminder of what's acceptable type of thing. Um, maybe more so around the beer tent a little bit, but, uh, overall it's a really good event. There's a lot of traffic during that time. So again, just that safety. And I, I know it can be frustrating for our local folks trying to get somewhere during that time. And we have some road closures and temporary, uh, detours, um, just a little patience goes a long ways in uh, making sure everybody's safe during that event too. Now, will you be having a, uh, you, in the past you've had, I don't want to say a booth, but some type of um, presence uh, out on uh, defeat uh, during the defeat days with uh, well, EMS and emergency services. Uh, yep, going to do that again this year. Yep, we'll have our command van uh, downtown on Fifth Street there, uh, right outside of the the liquor store, Northfield Liquors, and uh, pretty much have someone there almost all the time, or within you know a block of there, and then. Uh, for different events, we have officers there um, to help with crowd control, with traffic direction, that type of thing, and safety. Um, and then each evening, we have officers around the entertainment tent and uh, food trucks to make sure that uh, we have someone there if we're needed. Uh, once again, Chief Mark Elliott is with us from the Northfield Police Department. I want to ask you about another thing that this isn't directly involved with uh uh, with the Northfield Police Department, but it's kind of more of an industry-wide thing. There's been a lot, a lot of uh, press this last week, a lot of media coverage about uh, the, the city, the town of Goodhue, and their police force basically uh, resigning. Their police uh, chief there said, 
you know, we need more people on 24-7 for several years at a time. So all of a sudden, they're going to find themselves without uh, a local presence. I presume they'd have to go with Goodhue County at that point. But uh, can you dis- discuss that? Is that something you have seen? Is that unique to Goodhue? Is it starting a trend, do you think? Or is it continuing a trend? Are there others that might be uh, in the same situation of hiring and retaining officers? Yeah, it's certainly an industry struggle uh, nationwide. And uh, as far as, um, you know, a whole department resigning at once, that's kind of unique and it not unheard of. There have been cases of that, uh, especially the last couple of years around the nation. A lot of that has to do with pay and staffing levels where folks just say this is uh, not sustainable. And I, I think the chief made a comment about, you know, he needs more time with his family and this being on call all the time and um, having to work uh, a lot more than a normal uh, work week is, is just not uh, sustainable for him. Um, but we're seeing that across the industry. I mean, we're short staffed here in Northfield. Um, we are, we're hiring right now. <laughs> in fact, applications are still open through tonight. Um, but our numbers of applicants are down significantly. Uh, I presented to the council, um, a couple times this year and what that looks like. And from 2019 to 2023, we saw an 81% reduction in number of applicants for jobs. And, uh, we're seeing that not only statewide, but nationwide too. On the statewide level, where uh, I've heard numbers in the area of about a thousand cops short, so we have about a thousand openings, uh, and I think it's actually a little higher than that currently um, throughout the state. Um, so we're talking a ten percent or over ten percent reduction in the number of officers out there, um, and that creates you know agencies kind of stealing from others or attracting current officers. Mm -hmm. And I know we had that with a couple officers that left. And um, I worked with the council, and uh, they passed a resolution here back in July to raise uh, the pay for officers um, to be because we're in a really competitive environment for hiring. When you're that short and statewide, it becomes really hard to maintain your staffing level. And, um, you know, what we're seeing is, basic economic supply and demand mm-hmm. <laughs> we have, we're really short on our supply side which means a higher demand and we see that equilibrium point for wages go higher and i know that was one of the things that was brought up with good good hue is that their officers were i think their average pay was 22 dollars an hour um, which is pretty low and in northfield we start our officers at 38 dollars an hour uh so when folks are there, they may want to serve their community, but they also are trying to provide for their family as well. And um, so having uh, a livable wage and having um, a wage that is commensurate with the requirement of having a college degree before becoming a police officer and those type of things, communities are just going to have to look at that and make that decision of, are they going to invest in having a competitive wage or are they going to reduce their police service, whether it's through number of people they have working or through contract with another uh, community or the sheriff's office uh, or something like that. I would imagine that uh, the whole quality of life thing probably has a lot to do with that as well. I'll work for this much, but, you know, don't ask me to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and get up in the middle of the night constantly. And that's a generational change, a shift that we've seen over time. I mean, that's not something that happened in the last two years. I've seen it throughout my career especially in the past 15 years where we've had 
a generation leave the workforce, primarily boomers, um, that they it was just a different attitude, and they would be happy to give fifty to sixty hours a week um, to their company. And I mean, this is workforce wide, not just policing, but certainly we've seen it in policing too. To a generation that says, you know what, my time and work life balance is important, and we've seen that shift. And so, hiring people that um, will serve their community and give a really good 40 hours a week, but they really don't want to give 50 or 60. So trying to balance our workforce to make sure we can do that and maintain that work-life balance is important. I know we've made uh, a lot of changes in Northfield to uh, try to do that as best we can. Of course, when we're short staffed, that is more difficult to do. Um, so trying to uh, do what we can to maintain our staffing levels um, and really meet our workers where they are. Last few years have been really tough with the pandemic and then post-George Floyd and police reform era, just a lot of changes there. And policing is one of those that you don't have an option of working remotely. And there's a lot of folks that had that or have experienced that and they want to continue that for a variety of reasons. And obviously you can't do that in police work. (laughs) So we have to make sure that we are paying uh, a salary that is competitive with what the demands of the job are and working shift work and that working holidays and weekends. Not everybody is willing to do that. So it, it makes it a little more difficult. One other question along that line. Now, in this particular case, and you don't have to comment on this one in particular, but just in general, Goodhue will likely, or excuse me, Goodhue County Sheriff's Office will likely, at least for the interim, uh, patrol the streets. And the, the, there are contracts that they have with the city. And we've seen that here in some of the small towns, even in Rice County, like Morristown. Uh, where they do hire the sheriffs. But that puts some additional pressure on the sheriff's department. From an economic standpoint, you know, i got to ask, is that a viable point? I, I would imagine there is a scale. Uh, at what point does it tip to uh, that's not a good deal anymore for anyone? Yeah, so a lot of complexities with that, but it, it comes down to policies for, for cities and uh, the sheriff's department obviously serves the entire county, so their number of deputies that they have and on patrol at one time and a uh, number of times that they're going to drive down any road within the county is somewhat limited. When you get to population centers, we have tend to have more crime in population centers. We tend to have more traffic issues and that type of thing. So some of these smaller communities that maybe the sheriff's department patrols through occasionally that may work in some cities and some of those other small cities or even larger cities decide you know what we want a higher level of service and so the sheriff's department usually comes up with a figure that they can maintain and that pays for that extra service it may mean hiring extra deputies and having you know extra patrol cars and equipment and all those type of things so um, often they will those cities will work with the sheriff and say, we want this level of service. And the sheriff will say, this is what's going to cost. Mm-hmm. Or you'll see cities that combine. Neighboring cities will combine uh, services. We see that in policing a fair amount, but we see it in other areas too, whether it's you know fire service or um, you know streets or parks type service where they share those services and try to get a little bit of an economy of scale between those communities mm-hmm. um, to provide that level of service. All right, Chief, uh, we are out of time. Any final thoughts, anything you wanted to mention while we have you in here? 
just one last time we are hiring and uh <laughs> and we have some retirements coming up next year i know we're going to be hiring again towards the end of the year so if you know folks that uh are you know ready to be licensed or going to school and this would be a good community for them to work in send them our way and uh if you're thinking about going into policing you always give one of our officers a call we can guide you the post board has on their website minnesota post board website has information about how to become an officer uh minimum of a two-year degree uh in law enforcement or criminal justice um so it and there's a lot of incentives a lot of grants out there for folks too if they're interested all right. Chief, thank you so much for coming in. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you again next month. Thank you, Jeff. Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. We've got Rich with local news uh, coming up in just a moment or so. We'll also uh, check in with Tim McNiff, news with a side of sports. You buy something because you got it for a low price, and soon you